1: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbezorg events.
0: Hey, I'm Suzy On and this is Reset. When was the last time you had to buy a new phone because your last one just couldn't hold a charge? Or new headphones, or any device with a battery. The Washington Post looked at 14 popular tech products and found the lifespan for most is around three or four years. So how do you know how long your devices will last? How does replacing devices affect the environment? And what can you do to change the system? Jeffrey Fowler is a tech columnist for The Post and has been digging into those questions. So what's going on with our devices? Uh, Is it by design that we find ourselves having to buy new ones every few years?
1: It is by design. I mean here's the dirty little secret of the tech industry. More and more of the gadgets we we're buying have rechargeable lithium batteries in them, and those are wonderful things because it allows us to you know carry around technology with us. But lithium batteries all have the same problem. They wear out over time. and so you know after a couple of years after a certain number of recharges, um, they just can't hold a charge anymore, and that would be fine if you could open up your device, take off the battery, and swap in a new one easily. But most devices these days aren't being built that way. So when you're done, you know, when the when the battery no longer can hold a charge, the company essentially wants you to just throw it away and buy a new one.
0: And so for those batteries, a lot of them, it sounds like, are, are just glued into the device or like you have to smash open the device to have any sort of chance of replacing the battery.
1: Exactly. I mean, my favorite example of this, or perhaps I should say least favorite, is the AirPods. This is Apple's most uh, successful new product category in years, and they've got those little sticks at the end of them, and the battery lives inside of them, but, but the battery is in there with so much glue that, like, there's this, like horrendous YouTube video of somebody showing you what it would take to get it out of there. And like no normal mortal person would ever do this. <laughs> and even Apple, if you go to them and say, hey, my AirPod batteries are dead, can you replace them? Instead of, of actually replacing the battery, they'll just sell you new ones and throw the old ones away.
0: Oof. Well, you've talked about devices having so-called death dates. Uh, explain to us what is a death date?
1: Yeah. So uh, as part of the project with this column that I, that I ran this week in The Post, I said, you know what, um, you know, people have now kind of learned that those AirPods could die after two years, but this is kind of information that just kind of I like has to pass along the back channels, right? You hear from a friend from a friend. I think that companies should have to tell us when the, devi- when the batteries inside these devices are designed to die, and, um, and then also what our options are uh, once those batteries do die. Do we have to throw it away, or can we get a service um, to replace it? And so um, I spent a whole bunch of weeks going to some of uh, the world's largest corporations, um, asking them about gadgets that I own, and saying, "Okay, tell me when this battery is designed to die, and then what's going to happen afterwards." There's one key number I had to get from all these companies, and it's called the battery recharge cycle count. So basically, it's the number of times that a battery can go from zero to a hundred. In, inside a device, mm-hmm. and it is a noble thing. I mean, every company that's you know, planning and buying a rechargeable battery for their device um, is planning around this number. But lo and behold, a lot of the tech industry didn't want to tell me. They think this is this is an information that uh, we consumers deserve. And I, you know, I'm a consumer advocate in my column at the Post, and I think differently. I think we got to start demanding this and embarrassing the companies that are basically designing trash.
0: <laughs> That's for sure. Well, and then also to the death date, um, it, it's the device is um, considered failing once it reaches uh, below 80, 80% of its original capacity to
1: function. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I spoke to some engineers who work in product design. And they basically explained that after... Uh, uh, battery can no longer hold 80% of its original charge, it falls off a cliff really quickly and will start to really, really, really degrade and hold hold a lot less. So 80% is considered uh, the 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 mark in the industry.
0: Yeah, I think I've seen that in real time uh, with a phone. Um, so mm. how can people find out when their devices will probably need to be replaced? Or is that just, you know, this is where that moment in time where, you know, this is the consumer advocates having to <laughs> fight for that?
1: Well, so I'm fighting for that, and I listed 14 of them in the Washington Post. Pretty popular products there, from the Nintendo Switch to Bose headphones to my own to a Tesla car. Um, Boy, those batteries are expensive to replace. Mm -hmm. Um, That's about $22,000 at least. Um, But beyond that, you know, there is there are other efforts of um, you know working around the world actually on this problem. One that I found really intriguing is in France. So since 2021, there's been a law on the books in France that whenever you see a product for sale in a store or on a website, but like on the shelf from like a Best Buy or the French equivalent of a Best Buy, mm-hmm. it's actually a label that has to go on everyone that's a mm-hmm. score for repairability. So basically it's a zero to 10 score that says, hey, how, how easy is it going to be for you to open this thing up or for you know a repair shop to open this thing up and replace something like a battery? I think that's a great idea, and we need that in the U.S. too.
0: Would it be an uphill battle to get companies in the U.S. to add that to the product?
1: Um, you know, we are seeing some success. I mean, it would be, as I, to, to answer it bluntly, as I saw when The Washington Post went to these companies to ask for this, like, one basic piece of information. I can't tell you how much I had to go around in circles with some of these companies. That said, they're making some progress. There's a, an effort called the Right to Repair in the United States. That's the idea that, hey— you know, if we own a, a device, we should have the right to open it up and replace the parts and buy replacement parts and know how to how to fix things. Um, you know, the uh, consumers have been going around with the tech industry on that for better part of a decade, but the state of New York just passed a law that would um, grant consumers the right to repair. Uh, it awaits signature by the state's governor, but assuming it does, then all of a sudden, That'll probably be the law of the land across the U.S., which means that companies have to at least sell replacement parts like batteries.
0: Now, when you went around to these companies asking for this information, were there any surprises for you?
1: Um, uh, A few. uh, Yeah, well, some of them actually disclosed the information. Mm -hmm. So I uh, I was beating up on Apple's AirPods, and Apple would not, in fact, tell me the recharge cycle count for the AirPods. However, Apple does publish this number for its other products for the iPhone and for uh, the MacBook. In fact, the MacBook, if anybody's got one of those who's listening, has a really cool thing in it where it will tell you how many recharges you've used, and then you can calculate how many you've got left. Uh, It's under the the system uh, information settings. I thought that was nifty, and that's a great thing. Every product should be able to tell you, you know, hey, you've used 50% of the built-in lifespan of the recharges, just so you can know and get that along the way. So I really like that.
0: And, and then we, of course, will mention that uh, a lot of companies did not disclose those, that information to you or maybe just simply ignored your questions. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, aside from being bad for our wallets, why is it bad for the environment to keep replacing our phones, headphones, all of our devices every few years?
1: I'm so glad you asked that because that really, for me, at the end of the day, is what's motivating this Um Uh, I'll give you a stat from Apple. So Apple tallied up all of the carbon emissions that Apple as a company, you know, adds to, to our atmosphere, um, from all the products that it makes around the world. And Apple is the world's most valuable company. And, you know, obviously they're in the tech industry. Um, it said 70% of those carbon emissions come simply from manufacturing new stuff. So what that means is every time you upgrade, every time you buy a new thing, that's what's doing the most damage to the environment. Actually, oh, you know, once you have a device, it actually doesn't consume that much energy with consumer electronics. They're not like planes or cars that are constantly churning out a lot of uh, CO2 along mm-hmm. the lifespan. It's simply just in making it. Wow. Um, so that's the carbon impact. There's also a sustainability problem. I mean – Stuff like uh, cobalt that's used for the batteries in these things, mining that is so harmful to the, uh, particularly to humans who are involved in that trade in Africa. So um, you know, there's a cost that's hidden to us as consumers every time we upgrade.
0: Now, some companies have recycling programs. You know, you turn in your old phone and get the latest version of it for twenty percent off. Uh, Is that environmentally friendly?
1: I wish I had better news, but recycling (laughs) is just not not really anywhere close to, just to, to, to holding on to devices longer. You can only uh, recycle you know, a fraction of the materials that went into making a product. I mean, they sort of give you this, make you think that like, okay, you could take a truck full of old iPhones and turn it into a truck of new iPhones, but it just doesn't work right. that way. It's just a tiny fraction. Um, so when these companies give you discounts for trading in the old one, um, Oftentimes, they're just trying to get you to buy something new. The best outcome of it could be is actually not recycling, but reuse. So yeah. again, popping it open, putting a new battery in, and giving it to somebody else to use or selling it to somebody else to use. As consumers, a thing that we could all do is, if you have a drawer filled with old phones that you know, just have dead batteries or other yep. gadgets that just have dead batteries, sell them um, to somebody who will replace the battery and give it a new life. Uh-huh. That is the best thing you could do for the environment.
0: Jeffrey, why aren't big tech companies like Apple and Sony making devices that will actually last?
1: Unfortunately, their incentives are not aligned with ours as consumers or with the environment. I mean, I sort of think this kind of goes back to the iPod. I know we're getting a little old school here. This is 20 years ago, but you may remember when the iPod came out. It was um, it was pretty revolutionary. You know, put all these songs in our pockets. But it was different from the other mobile devices we had at the time, like those Nokia cell phones or Walkmans, because the battery was sealed inside, and you know it was super sexy and everybody liked it. But we all started. A lot of people started noticing. Hey, this thing kind of dies after 18 months, and then there's nothing you can do about it. But the iPod was so popular that Apple and the rest of the tech industry learned the wrong lesson. They learned the lesson that, oh, wow, if we seal these things inside, we can make them sexier, and then people will keep just buying new ones. Yeah. I'm guilty, too. I still have my old iPod in a drawer next to my desk where I'm sitting right now. Like We just went out and you know, bought new ones when the battery died. And so since we gave the industry the wrong lesson, now they're kind of hooked on it. They're hooked on the idea that we're going to replace our products you know, every two to three to four years and buy new ones, and they built kind of their you know their 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 product marketing plans and their their whole business around it. Ooh,
0: let's revolt if only we could. Um, are there any devices today that have those removable replaceable batteries that would prevent people from having to buy new devices outright?
1: I love this question too. So first of all, I will give Apple some credit that the iPhone and the Mac. Laptops now have batteries that you probably can't remove as a consumer very easily. I mean, you could do it, but you have to be pretty, mm-hmm. have to have a pretty steady hand like a surgeon. But they, but, the, but Apple will, will replace the batteries for you uh, if you pay okay. them. So that's a good thing. Um, but you can also actually de- de- uh, design devices that are small and waterproof that have fully user removable batteries. And my favorite example of this is the GoPro. You know, these tiny mm-hmm. action cameras. I mean, they're literally built for surfers. So, of course, you can take them in the water. You can take them for a, sl- a swim. And all of them have batteries. You just pop open a thing, take it out, put in a new one when your battery dies, and you're off to the races. So um, I refuse to uh, to accept when the industry tells me, oh, it would be too hard to do this and still have devices that are slender, sexy, and waterproof.
0: Well, you know, as consumers, we've kind of, as you mentioned, trained big tech to Keep making us buy new devices. But at this point, what can we do as consumers to, to get these companies um, to create devices that will last longer?
1: Yeah, a couple of ideas. So um, this column I wrote is part of a series of stories that I'm doing for The Washington Post called We the Users, where I'm trying to sort of take on um, big problems that we don't talk about enough. As you know, in our lives, in our relationships with these big tech companies, and also the solutions to them. And the solution here, I think, maybe starts with uh, with transparency. You know, we need to embarrass these companies into admitting these numbers. That's what I'm trying to do here. Step one. And if they still won't ad- admit them, then we need laws for transparency. In fact, the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, already has the power to require labels on things. You know, like we have products that say "Made in America" or "Made in China." They could require that companies, uh, without passing a new law, they could require companies list the uh, battery recharge cycle counts uh, on them. So that's one way. In Europe, they're actually thinking about going even further. They're right now considering a law that would require tech companies to always make batteries removable from products. Mm -hmm. And this could seriously happen in the next couple of months. And if that does, that would then have an impact, you know, even for us in the U.S. as well. They are getting some pushback from the tech industry, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Most of the pushback is around this idea that, oh, well, what about products for wet environments? But again, yeah. that to me, that 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 argument does not hold water. Pardon <laughs> the pun, because we know this can happen. We know things like GoPros can be, can work this way, so other products can too.
0: Yeah, here's hoping. That's Jeffrey Fowler. He's a San Francisco-based tech columnist for the Washington Post. Thanks for joining us. You bet. That's it for Reset. I'm Susie Ahn. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and leave us a rating and a review. Thanks so much. Let's talk soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.